Today you will be able to stand anytime you desire. I am so proud of you regarding the fasting. I'm really proud of our young people. Uh, many of them uh, fasting. Some did specific things and some did the whole shebang. And it's wonderful to see our young people growing and developing a fasted lifestyle, which is very important. Today we're going to take you on a journey, a journey of the body of Christ and to understand God's intention why he created you. The story goes that Jesus is the Father's daily delight, Scripture tells us. And as we go to OSL Discipleship, we learn that we are Jesus' daily delight. When Jesus proclaimed in Genesis chapter 3 that he was going to come and he was going to die and he was going to raise again, And being raised again, he was going to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And because of that, you and I become the body of Christ. The new covenant, something new takes place. We've become the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is the head. With all of that, there is a God intention. God has specifically said that we have created you and me in his image and his likeness. We have the innate ability, we have the spiritual ability to be able to walk in the authority that he has given us. Many times people use scripture and the scripture talks about how that uh, when we pray we can have what's in heaven on this earth. And bottom line, that's the intention of the body of Christ. God set his body on this earth to do his will. He has given you and I that authority so that his power can defeat every work of the enemy. That's who you are. And I'm going to pray that as we go over this today, and we go a little bit deeper today, speaking about the body of Christ, that there would be such a revelation that you receive today. I am looking out at a bunch of handsome men, beautiful women, who are anointed of God. If you are born again, you have a specific gifting. And collectively, us, the body of Christ, have all we need. We can defeat everything the enemy tries to do. And not only that, we can do far above everything that we could ever ask or think, Scripture says. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the amazing people that is in this house. Lord, you put so many people in the first service. You're putting so many people, new people, in our services. And in Jesus' name, let us, the body of Christ, show them the love of God. Let us be that body of Christ that walks in exuberant forgiveness and love and and care and honor. We come against, in Jesus' name, in the spirit realm, not against people, but we come against offense. We come against unforgiveness. We come against things that are opposite of the heart of God. And now we open up our hearts to your word. Lord, let your word bring healing as it was proclaimed to do, as the word goes 
out today out of my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. High five someone before you are seated. Again, we're talking about the body of Christ's identity. But in understanding the amazing people that you are, we must understand God's intention. Why did God do what he did? So I want to begin today by asking you a question right away. Concerning the body of Christ, what does God need? Well, our answer is our our first point, and our first point is God doesn't need anything. Did you know that your God, my God, doesn't need a thing? God is self-existent. He doesn't have a beginning, and he has no end. God is self-sufficient, and God is self-sustaining. Completely on his own, God doesn't need anything, but we need to understand God's intention. All authority, all power, everything that he is created the universe. By the way, the universe is still growing because everything that he proclaims has power to produce after itself. And it's amazing, the God that we serve. And that God that we serve is a God of love. Everything that he does, it just explodes out of who he is. God is love. In Acts chapter 17, it even says this, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Everyone say all things. God decided to create you with a divine intention. You were created in his image and his likeness. You were created to accomplish God's will. You see, the God who didn't need a thing decided to create you to fulfill his will. It's what Scripture says to us. So let me uh, say it in a, in a specific way. Let me just kind of bring it to you and, and, and to show you uh, the heart of God and his intention in this. God doesn't need us to exist. God needs you to coexist. What does that mean? God's intention is God's creation of the body of, of Christ is that you coexist. God created you to partner with him to get things done on this earth. You see, if we don't, things will not be accomplished on the earth. It's black and white. It's it's totally right there in front of our faces. Many say things like this in their life, and many good people, well-meaning people, and they say things like this, I'm waiting for God to move. Well, maybe God's waiting for you to move. Because his intention was to have you take the authority and to do it, and then he will accomplish it with you. 
Many say if God wants it, he will do it. Didn't Jesus say it is finished? You see, the God that we serve is the God of the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows everything. He knows past, present, and he knows future. And so to think that God is trying to figure out what to do, God already knows what to do. What he's done is he created something so amazing, that's you, to accomplish it, to make it happen. He's given you an ability to believe, to have faith, and to speak. He's given you the ability to hear and then to speak and to orate the very will of God, and then God will follow suit. Now, when we say things like, I'm waiting for God to move, or if God really wants it, he will just do it, that's deception. That's the enemy. Well-meaning, lovely, wonderful Christians say things like that, but they've been deceived. God cooperates with you. He works when you work. God moves when you move. You see, the body of Christ must realize and understand itself so it can function in this kingdom principle. What kingdom principle? Well, let's, let's first of all, let me, let me give you uh, an illustration. Let me kind of show you what happened right after God created the first man called Adam. In Genesis 2, verse 19, he says this, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. I think Adam might have had an off day when he called one platypus. But other than that, probably had an argument with Eve, whatever, you know. <laughs> First of all, we need to understand that God's a genius. And he created geniuses. Amen? He created geniuses. And he created Adam to be able to name all the animals. My point is in this question, couldn't God have named the animals? Let me give you the truth. No, God couldn't. Now, God could have named them because of power. He's God. But he couldn't have because of the principle. See, there's an intention that God had when he created you. Ladies, there's an intention that God had when he formed you. You see, God lives in the principles he creates. Well, you can't tell God what to do. You're not telling God what to do. You're orating and doing what God already said. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're saying, you're living, you're doing, you're thinking, you're, you're believing what God already said. And when you, when you begin to understand God's intention and you begin to look in the mirror and you begin to see who you are, who you really are, then God created the principle, he works with people, the body of Christ. He works with you. So let me explain why Adam had to name the animals. Adam had to name them because he would have authority over the animals. You see, God gave, we'll cover this in this series, God gave mankind the authority over this earth and everything in it. In God's kingdom, if you have authority, you must fulfill your responsibility. If you don't, then you don't have authority. Authority comes when someone believes and has faith. Authority is there. Authority has been proclaimed over you. But if we don't believe, we don't have faith, then authority cannot cause anything to move. And let me tell you, the ignition key of authority is the power of God's word. And watch this. You go deeper with that. Pastor Dan, Pastor Ryan have been talking about this. And in deeper, it comes through the power of worship. We must realize that if you think you have authority because you have a title, but don't fulfill the responsibility of that title, you don't have authority. A lot of people want title, but they don't want to take responsibility of what the title is. Let me tell you your title, body of Christ. Son of God, daughter of God. Sister, brother of one another. And when we recognize the authority of the body of Christ, then why do we get offended with anyone? Because when you look at one another, you look at one another, you say, wow, look what God did. Look what God, the giftedness that's in each one of you. The giftedness that is, that is so amazing in each one of you. Collectively, how amazing the body of Christ is. But the power and the anointing and, and, and who God is in looking at the body of Christ that you know he zeroes in on you individually. Now, the struggle that some people have in hearing this message is just like I'm, t I'm saying you're God and God's just out in heaven just watching over being God, letting his angels play their violins and shoot their arrows or whatever. You know, all that religious, all that worldly, I won't use that word, stuff. God is all authority. God is all power. God is everything. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the universe. But he decided his intention. When I use the word intention, he decided and he did it. 
but his intention that you would understand it and you would begin walking in it. You would live this out. But how many Christians who are wonderful, godly in the word, prayer warriors, do not understand his intention? And because they don't, they're still waiting on God to do something. When God says, do you not know the authority I've given you? Now follow me. We're going to follow this story, and I'm going to show you what God does, his intention, why he did it. Because Scripture talks to us about coming you know, against the enemy. We don't go, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Scripture tells us we don't go and do this in battle uh, you know, in our own strength. In our weakness, God becomes strong, right? So we're following all these Scriptures, and, and the tendency when we get to this place of responsibility, that's where we struggle. We, we get to that place of responsibility. We want to back away of believing this is really true because we've tried that stuff. I prayed and it didn't happen. I spoke a word and it didn't happen. The Lord in Scripture said about some people, not many, but some people, talking about Pharisees, he says, your lips flap its beak but your heart's not with me. In other words, you can say all that you're saying, but your heart, your faith is not there. Hmm. So again, God created Adam to do something not because God didn't have the power to do it. It's because of the principle that he created. So when we catch this principle, it will change the way we view the body of Christ, the way we view ourselves. I stand in front of many crowds all over the world. And one of the first times that I speak in front of crowds that don't know me, I stand in front of them and I begin talking about them, how God created them, and how special they are and how it is an honor to stand before the body of Christ. I'm still learning because it's so deep and so vast, but I know a lot about the body of Christ. And that's why I get excited every time I get together with the body of Christ and I, I stand in front of them because I see such ability. I see such authority. I, I, I see how the body of Christ can heal itself by walking in this amazing love that God is. Well, let's go a little bit further. Look at this scripture, and I, I covered this in last series and touched on it a couple weeks ago. Mark 6, verse 5, it speaks of Jesus. Remember, he goes into his hometown. And by the way, this really has nothing to do that he went in his hometown. How wimpy is God's authority if when you're called of God, that you can't go where you were raised and not do the work of ministry. That's not what the scripture is talking about. But he goes to his hometown, and, and the people, you see, the body of Christ, the people begin to discuss and say things that are opposite of faith. And because they said it, the Bible says they, they become offended, became offended with him, 
because he was the guy that built their deck. He was that lowly carpenter. They began to bring them down to average. They began to see Jesus, the head of the church, the head of the body of Christ, as average. The way a lot of body of Christ church people see one another. I don't see you as average. I see you as amazing. When I'm around people like Raymond, when I'm around, you know, many of you, that, that Johnny, I'm around a lot of you people, I, I just look at them and I say, man, the giftedness that's in you, the ability that you have, and every one of you have it. You see, the creator of the universe could not do miracles. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. I, I take it as this, the Bible doesn't say this, but I take it that there were a few people that still believed. There were a few people that still confessed the word of God and had faith. But many of them didn't. The creator of the universe could not do miracles. It says could not, not would not. God doesn't say, well, I'm mad at you, so there, I'm not going to do anything. That's not the God we serve. The God that we serve can do anything. The Greek says it's not able to. He wasn't able to do this. You ask, what does this mean? God's not able? I thought you said God's all-powerful. Well, he is. I thought you said God doesn't need anything. Well, he doesn't. It's not because God doesn't have the power, but has limited his activity on the earth to our faith. He has said, I have created you in my image and my likeness. And all through Scripture, he talks about callings and giftings and anointings and abilities. And he tells us all the time, his intention was, Jesus said, I'm coming back. I'm going to buy you back. I'm going to pay the price. He went to the cross. Third day was raised from the dead. And, and now he sits on the right hand of the Father as a human being with scars to be the example, the head of human beings who've become born again, anointed of the Holy Spirit, and you can do these things. Unless you don't believe. Here Jesus is in a village, and all power is in him. And he can't do a miracle there because of the dishonor and because of the unbelief. So let me ask you a question then. Are you with me here? Isn't God talking to us like so uniquely? Is there any area of your life you need a miracle? Can God do it? Sure, he's all-powerful. But let me answer the question. No, he might be waiting on you to cooperate with him. Well, I did, I prayed. <laughs> I did. Remember that scripture you gave me? I spoke it once. It, it, it's, not, it's not religion. 
it's not what you basically do, even though it's, there's action, corresponding action to the word. It's your heart. It's what you believe. It's faith. It's taking what the word of God says. Now, again, you have to understand, God can do anything. You know what? I thank the Lord because I'm not the smartest one in this room. I know that. I'm just called to do what I do, and I'm obedient to that. But I thank God that I have a God that is all-powerful, that knows when I'm ignorant, but he knows my heart. And because of my heart and my worship towards him and my proclamation towards him with the word of God and my belief for him, that he'll do the miracle. He'll do things that I don't even know he did them. Because of the heart. But there are things that God sets up in front of you as a daughter, ladies. You don't have a lot of physical strength. But ladies, do you not know the, the authority you have to be able to do huge things? And it comes out of your heart and your faith towards what God already said. And you begin to proclaim that. You begin to believe that. You begin to set your heart for that. Men, same thing. You, you might be the guy that bench presses 500 pounds. You might be the strong guy. But the enemy can whip your behind if you try to fight him in the physical. But if you take it spiritual and you begin to proclaim the word of God, walk in grace and walk in all those things, I, I promise you that God will do what he says. Let's follow this story. This story is about, remember Goliath? Remember David? Remember their battle? With the same mentality that we have, you know, if you need a miracle, the same mentality. Let's read this story. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. So in other translations, you'll see the, word, the number six three times. So basically, you know, 666 you can look at. But Goliath was not the Antichrist. But Goliath had the spirit of Antichrist. And there are many evil things that happen in this world. How can someone go into a room and kill children 20, 30 children. That's evil. That is the spirit of Antichrist. That is exactly opposite of, of God. How could Hitler do what he did? That's a spirit of Antichrist. You can go on in history, all the different things, and people want to blame whatever, but bottom line, there is a spirit behind that. Goliath was not, again, the Antichrist, 
but the spirit of Antichrist was there. 1 John 2.18 says there are many Antichrists, and the body of Christ, we need the power of God to defeat that. Amen? We need to defeat that evil. There's evil in this world. And Goliath is deriding the people of God. And I just want to say this to you, is really it's Satan talking here. Revelations 12.10 says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So let's read on and see what Goliath does. And he's basically accusing. He's, he's literally deriding Israel or God's people. He does the same thing to you. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you the servants of Saul, basically the servants of God? Choose a man for yourselves. Oh, isn't that awesome? Even our enemy spoke out how God works. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail to him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies, the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man. <clears throat> what was God's plan? Creating man in his image and his likeness. Giving them authority on the earth so that God can, when he moves in faith, his power can move with him, that we may fight together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. When you talk about the word dismayed, when you talk about that in our language, basically they began to think and say things opposite of what God said, who they were. It says, choose a man. That's the principle of God. God chose men to take his authority so that his power can move. God was in Israel, Israel's camp, but his power was limited because of lack of faith. You see, Goliath was right. If no one walked in faith, they would go fight Goliath with their own strength. He has limited is that God has limited his activity based on our activity of faith. So the question is, in this story, do you think Satan knows this? Yeah, he does. He's not stupid, folks. Satan is saying to God, <laughs> I got you now. I know you have power to defeat the Philistines, but I know you work through people. And if a person doesn't stand up and take your word by faith, then my giant will defeat your people. Hmm. Did you know that before any battle you will face on this earth, you know what happens first? Spirit of fear wants to climb all over you. Because if it removes faith, the opposite of faith is fear. And if, if fear arises in your heart and you begin walking in fear, how many of you have had that? I have. Man, there are times things have scared me. I'm not talking about boo. 
I'm talking about life scares me sometimes. And the first thing that I want to do is to say things that are opposite of God's word. You ever been there? <laughs> I think we all have because we all face the same battle. And, and so fear wants to climb all over you, and that's what happened with, with the Israelites. They were all lined up and standing there going, look how big that dude is. You going to go out there? Well, I ain't going out there. You going to No, I'm not going there. You see, Satan, I can't prove to you this conversation was, but I think Satan was thinking, I'll put your people in bondage because I know your principle of cooperative action. Satan says, I will put fear on your people with what my giant says, with what the problem says. And then he says, and there is not a man that will stand up to me in faith. I got you, God. And God just looks at him and says, nah, you don't have me. I don't even need a man. I got a boy. His name's David. It's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. But when you walk in authority, all of God's power coexists with you. That's why I look at all of you and I just say, man, God, you knew what you're doing. You created them, the body of Christ. Man, boy, woman, girl, the body of Christ, a person. God says, I got a boy who believes and has great faith. And watch this because this is your life too. This is what has happened to you in the past. And he has great faith and in his life, I have trained him with a lion and a bear, and he has no fear. How many of you? No, you didn't. Well, maybe some of you did years ago because El Monte used to have a lion farm. You went for a walk and you thought it was a kitty, and it was a big kitty. <laughs> but you have faced tests in your life. You have faced things in your life. And you've gone through it. And sometimes, if you're like me, sometimes I've gone through a battle and I was really ignorant and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but God was so loving. He knew my heart. He knew my heart was steadfast with him. And he did a miracle for me. But I want to say to you, that God knows, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows your past, present, and your future. He's forgotten your evil deeds, but he knows his plans, his intentions. See, when we know God's intentions of the body of Christ, we can walk in great victory. Great victory. So he's tested you just like he tested David. And even David understood that. You know, I, I can imagine, you know, fear wanted to climb all over him and he finally just beat that lion. And after that, he just was thanking God. I'd be more than thanking God. <laughs> I'd be, ah, you know. And, but I would be thanking the Lord. And then I would imagine, because David was so close to the Lord, I could imagine 
that David said, you got something for me later, don't you, God? This is nothing to you. But you're preparing for me to have great faith in you. Because when you coexist with God, when you cooperate with the principles of God's word, and you understand God's intention of this principle of that he's given you and me, the body of Christ, authority on this earth, then that's what Jesus was talking about in prayer. You bring all the power of God, all of heaven on this earth because you walk in authority and faith and all of God's power follows suit. There's nothing. Because doesn't the Bible say, we said this last week, there's nothing we will ever face that we can't handle. Amen? How many of you ever been there where you thought, oh man, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm falling apart. I'm, I'm messing up. I'm, you ever thought that? Man, this is too big. I don't know what. Nothing's too big. God says, I love you so much. I created you in my image and likeness, and I know what's too much for you, and I will be there for you. But what I have given for you to do, you must do. What I have given for you to say, you must say. And I want your heart. I want your heart. Who? So every one of you have been tested and tried. According to power, listen closely. According to power, God could have sent a lightning bolt and knocked Goliath over, killed him instantly. But according to the principle of cooperative action, he couldn't. You, the body of Christ, can cooperate by faith and win every single time. According to power, he can. He's God. But according to principle, he couldn't until a boy steps up and cooperates with God. What did David say? You come to me with what? Sword. Yeah. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. And before the battle, he was getting all kinds of grief from all the insecure believers, Christians. And uh, <laughs> he was... Telling, you know, well, God delivered me from bear. He delivered me from a lion. You know what he was doing? He's quoting scripture. He's walking in faith. He's speaking faith. He is filled with faith-filled words. Next week, we're going to continue in this and go a little bit deeper. And we're going to see some action, and we're going to see some principles that God has set apart in how we cooperate with God. I've given you the base of it, but now we're going to give you particulars next week. But again, because this is a gym, uh, we need to stand again. <laughs> I talk like that. I haven't worked out for a week. I haven't been busy. But I, I want you to, to recognize something. And please just, 
as little, I know some people going out to do their ministries and stuff, but just don't move around very much here. But I want you to hear this. I want you to know what God created you to be. I want you to recognize the amazing ability that you have to walk in authority. You must know what it is. That's why at this church we have so many different ways of learning, different groups of learning, trying to reach everybody, every purpose of every ministry, to have fun. Even in softball, they gather together and they, they pray and they take Scripture and, and describe Scripture. And uh, they, they live it out on the, on the ball diamond. And I, and I just, I just want to tell you, that's what we need to do. We need to be so full of who God is, understanding him, so that we can understand ourselves. I am proud of you. This fast was probably the easiest for me uh, to do. Uh, Pastor Dan and I have been talking, and he wouldn't tell this to you, but Dan did a full fast, no food at all, and uh, water, and I don't know if he drank any juices or anything, but bottom line, um, as a staff, we, pastoral staff, and as your pastor, I want you to recognize we really believe in this. We really believe in you. We're going to see some great things. I want you to believe big. Ask God this week, God, is there anything that I've been asking you or working towards that I'm thinking or asking too small? I'm not concerned about pride in you. You're, you're people of God. You've, you've learned the word of God. You're fasting. You're doing all these things. But I want you to recognize this one thing. Ask the Lord, am I asking something too small? Hallelujah. Can you just put your hands up? You're comfortable with this. If you're not, that's fine. But we're just honoring God today. Father, I thank you for your word, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I proclaim in Jesus' name that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Show us the picture as, as you have painted the picture of our lives and you are the greatest artist the universe has ever known. You have painted us perfectly. You have planned our days. You have numbered our days. You know our, our going out and our coming in. You have called us. You have gifted us. You have loved us. You're our God. And we love you so much. Thank you, Lord for letting us see more of that picture. Lord, if, if our picture is just in our own thinking, an eight by 10, Lord, by the end of this week, let it be a 10 by 10. Let us see it big. Let it see so much that you have given us to do. As we leave this place, 
Is anyone here who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Your word, your heart says that we just, to do that, to be saved, we must believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and when we do, we are born again. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Brand new start. New creation. Lord, I thank you that your intention for the body of Christ has never changed. As we walk out here, Lord, we will walk in the authority you've given us, believing that your power will do the work. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Everybody that loves Jesus, say amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a